0: man, what's your bacon? You've got to tell everybody what that means first. It's that extra side topping a main course in life that makes everything about your day even better. Whether it's movies, music, cooking, paranormal, video games, whatever it is that helps you unwind, maybe even get a little bit inspired. We talk to hot new bands. We are Felicity. And hey, this is Bradley from Emerosa. TV personalities. Hi, my name is Rachel Pizzolatto. Hi, my name is Patty Mickley. Wrestling personalities. Yeah. Hi everybody, I am Eric. Shop, WWE, all of bacon. Godfather here. Actors. Mr. Sean Kanan. thank you for joining us. Hello, podcasters. Emo Social Club. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Trader. Pretty much any like-minded creative across all facets of the entertainment industry. You can check out Bacon is My Podcast on all streaming platforms as well as the Strangerhood TV YouTube channel. New episodes drop in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Listen in when we find the answer to the question, what's your bacon? This is WWE Superstar Drew McIntyre. And you're listening to the WWE podcast. The oh is the one that everybody wants. Me. He lets it go to WrestleMania Playmore! Playboard! Host Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass is my iron. You're gonna acknowledge me. What's going on everybody? Guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Smackdown Review right here on the WWE podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts of the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter @Michael5Ritter and also one of the hosts of the Football Function podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms including on the Patreon app if you prefer an ad-free experience. I usually have John Carrasco here with me on the show, as the loyal listeners usually are aware of. John's not here tonight. He had some other things come up, so I went ahead and watched SmackDown. It's not a live review. I was, I guess, a little bit uh, exhausted after work, so I wanted to take a little bit of time to recharge and, I guess, relax before I actually got on here and recorded a podcast. But... I did take some notes throughout the show, as you typically do whenever you're doing one of these review shows. It was a pretty good SmackDown, I will say. There were some really intense things. Obviously, we found out who's going to be facing Seth Rollins in the finals for the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. That's going to be a nice match right there. Cannot wait to, to actually watch that pay-per-view whenever the time comes. Another match got announced for that pay-per-view as well, which we will get to here in the show, but... We're gonna talk about the SmackDown that aired on May the 12th, 2023 from University of Tennessee, aka Knoxville, Tennessee. So let's go ahead and uh, dive in here. Not really a whole lot of time I'm going to waste. Um, bear with me. I'm gonna do my best to make this show as long as I possibly can. But as you guys know, my buddy John is not here, and I usually, you know, bounce all my opinions off of him. We go through this this show typically live and we could push about 40-45 minutes. Per show, but I am going to do my best uh, on this show to to prof- to provide a, a longer episode for you guys. But like I said, just bear with me here. I will say a lot of wrestling on this show. Let me just go ahead and count the matches. There was one triple threat, followed by another triple threat, followed by a singles match, followed by well, there was a you know some backstage and promo type stuff for a little bit but a fourth match happened that was a tag team match for championships and then the finals so what is that like five matches here on the show that's pretty uh, impressive for you know just a two-hour show and especially getting some of the promos that we got but i'm gonna do my best to uh break down this smackdown for you guys i do believe it was a pretty good show so uh really quickly here This was, if I'm not mistaken, which I'm not 100% sure. See, my dates are all messed up. I apologize. I do believe this is the first SmackDown since the draft's been official, right? Since the rosters have happened. I don't know, I guess. Because the rosters were supposed to take place the first Monday after Backlash. And I guess what I am slipping on here is when was backlash my memory is just really foggy right now so i do apologize but nonetheless i do believe that the rosters are looking good in terms of smackdown for sure you know i was a little bit skeptical of the roster post-draft you guys know about that i thought that it was definitely raw heavy as the draft was going on really wasn't the picks that we got but when we picked him and who raw picked immediately after that's kind of what threw me off immediately whenever i was looking at the smackdown roster but seeing an episode like tonight and some of the potential that we have i like that you know and i do i will say i i just i hope seth rollins wins the world heavyweight championship so there's no oh well this guy win it or the smackdown superstar won it and the world heavyweight championship has already been established that it's going to be the raw main championship for um you know that that heavyweight division i guess you know there's multiple worthy wrestlers that you can put as the world heavyweight champion so we do need that top guy for both brands we've already you know discussed all of this but i will say just for the sake of the rosters i do hope seth rollins walks away as the first ever world heavyweight champion and he deserves it let's just go ahead and start there this is somebody who has carried the company as long as he's been healthy he is a new father. I don't recall him taking an extended time or extended period off. It's pretty, you know, well-documented that they, they travel as a family. You know, obviously him and Becky Lynch being on the same show, they're able to do that with their tour bus, I believe. And I don't want to misspeak, but I think they do have a bus, right? I don't know if I'm talking out of pocket there, but something tells me that they do have a pretty nice bus that they take as a family, and that's really their dream life if you're Seth Rollins being a top guy extremely talented one of the most athletic guys on the roster just pound for pound married to the top woman in the company who's also you know one of the best pound for pound wrestlers in the company right now you have a newborn daughter not really newborn she's probably a toddler at this point but still you know what i mean a young a very young daughter and you're a first-time father so those first few years probably kind of a little bit of a blur i imagine and You just have a young child, and especially if you're a professional wrestler, it's probably different than what the regular dad goes through, you know? So, Seth Rollins is definitely worthy of of being that first World Heavyweight Champion, because I mean, I'm just going to say, back whenever the only championship we had in WWE was the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, in like 2014, 15, 16, you know, up until the Universal Championship showed up, whenever that was just, you know, the main belt, Seth Rollins... He had one of the most meaningful and impactful runs before he got injured. Just keep in mind, he lost that championship without actually losing it, which was very unfortunate for him. I was pretty bummed up, pretty bummed out about that, just being completely honest, even though he was a heel at the time. He had won that championship from Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 31, obviously just doing his thing and getting injured and having to forfeit it. Whenever he was probably on his way to having a very successful heel run that was just pretty devastating. And never really losing to Roman Reigns clean. We were, You know, remember a couple years ago, whenever him and Roman Reigns did go at it, it was a little bit strange that Seth Rollins never got a rematch, and it really never got touched upon. But they're on different shows, so don't expect it to happen anytime soon. It probably will at some point down the line. I mean, you, you know Seth and Roman aren't finished by any means. But for the time being... He's more than worthy is pretty much what this cinema is about is uh, putting over Seth Rollins because I'm glad just from watching Monday Night Raw that he was the one who successfully advanced and he's going to be the one who likely ends up walking away with that championship. But getting back to the actual action that happened on SmackDown, starting with the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament, the Triple Threat first round, this one featured Edge, Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, nearly a 20-minute match, It was a banger. I'll go ahead and be honest. There was a sequence in this match where I'm trying to think exactly what happened, but Rey Mysterio did a little bit of a, hmm, let's see. Well, hold on. First things first. AJ Styles did a move that put Edge in prime position to receive a 619. You know what I'm talking about, where they're leaning on that second rope. That only happens when Rey Mysterio's involved for some reason. And, you know, they're just sitting there waiting to get 619 And then Rey Mysterio comes out of nowhere, does like a West Coast pop style, just boom, sits on AJ Styles, takes him out, goes for a 619 on Edge. Edge catches him, tries to put him in the sharpshooter. It was just a nice little sequence there where, you know, each superstar got their move in. And uh, I was really into this match. I felt like, you know, whenever you have three Hall of Famers in one match, in a triple threat match, that's literally for... Something so prestigious as the World Heavyweight Championship, you know, whenever the stakes are this high, that's something that kept popping off to me throughout the match. I was like, man, we're really in this tournament. Like, we're going to find out for sure who the two guys are tonight. So I was very invested in watching these triple threat matches and seeing how they ended up shaping up. Excuse me. AJ Styles did get the win here, like I said, after this this 20-minute, nearly 20-minute match. He hits a phenomenal forearm on edge and successfully earns his spot in the semifinals of this tournament. And I will say I was a little bit thrown off. I did expect Edge to get this win. I've just been watching some video packages and some promos that he's done over the past few weeks and days, I guess. I guess really just over the last week, really, that I've been seeing Edge get a lot of love on the internet and just how it makes a whole lot of sense. I believe SummerSlam is in Toronto or one of the pay-per-views is in Toronto around that time, which is Edge's hometown. This World heavyweight Championship is the one that he – it's not the one, but it looks pretty similar. Like like he said in one of the videos he posted on social media, it looks very similar to Big Gold, the one that he had to give up. So it makes sense that he gets to end on his terms, win that championship back. I mean, why not? You know, that that's kind of where I was leaning. Had you asked me before this, this SmackDown took place and this match specifically, I would have definitely told you that Edge was probably going to win. But that did not happen. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you know, it's really a testament to AJ Styles and what he was able to do to knock off both these guys. And I think that he is without a doubt a worthy winner of this match and going on further as you know, as we'll reveal later on in the show, but it was just crazy because he didn't get the the pop or the the attention in his return that he deserved. It was kind of just like they announced that 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 the O. C. was drafted to SmackDown and then they came out as a group. And the commentary team really didn't do much to put him over, so I just felt like that was kind of odd, given how long he was off and the just the all around you know star power that he brings. You know, AJ Styles is one of the best, and his days are definitely numbered. I mean, he isn't getting any younger, so you got to appreciate him while you have him. And I'm glad that he's here on SmackDown. I, I can definitely tell you that. But let's continue on here. I'm going to go ahead and get to the next match. This next Triple Threat. It featured Sheamus, the United States Champion Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley, and I'm just going to say I do have a strong opinion about this. I don't feel like a champion should have been able to be in this match. I kind of feel the same way about the Royal Rumble, in a sense. Like I I know, like without if this rule that I'm pitching, where champions aren't allowed to be in the Royal Rumble or tournaments like this then that means we're getting rid of the performance that we got from Gunther in this past Royal Rumble. And I understand that was a phenomenal performance. I was there for it in person. It was badass. You know, he he broke the record, if I'm not mistaken. He entered number one or number two. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but still, it was just... He stole the show that night despite not winning. And I do believe it's going to bode well for him in the future. But I just feel like... Champions that that should mean something. It makes the United States Championship feel like less. Like the fact that Austin Theory's in this tournament. Like why can't he be featured in a United States Championship program? I mean, he's new here on SmackDown. Why can't we get a brand new program featuring the United States Championship on this show? I don't understand why you have to put a current champion in this tournament. I'm not going to harp on it. It's not you know a massive deal, but I do feel strong about it. Where. The championship should mean you're ineligible for certain things because you do, I mean, make the championship mean something, you know, that, that's one way to do it, despite however you're you're carrying it as a champion, whether you're winning a lot or defending it a lot in general, if you're kind of just sitting on the championship, which we see happen a lot nowadays. So one way that you can absolutely make that championship means, mean more is by pretty much meaning that it's a ticket to ineligibility for some for certain things because you already are occupied by something that should be prestigious. So that's just kind of how I feel about this. But I will say in this match, this one went on for over 15 minutes. It wasn't as long as the first one, but it was definitely you know a decent match. I was kind of pulling for Sheamus here. I felt like if we would have got Edge versus Sheamus in the finals, or the semifinals, I'm sorry – Uh, in the main event tonight that would have that would have been pretty crazy in the crowd which was kind of dead i will say it wasn't really the the most you know energetic crowd from what from what i can remember but uh i was pulling for sheamus here i i was he didn't get the win bobby lashley ended up getting the win but he earned that man oh i almost cursed he earned it i almost said he earned that blank but he earned this win if you guys saw this where he went head first into the turnbuckle or The ring post, should I say, which is plastic or whatever the hell that is. They're overdoing it, man. I'm just saying. Bobby Lashley goes into that, busts himself open. Uh, Despite that, though, he does end up getting the win. But really quickly, since I got some time to waste here on the show, why not? Like, dude, can we get rid of all the LED? Like, I mean, we don't have to get rid of all of it, but it takes away from the superstars and i really believe that and you might think wait what the hell are you talking about just look at backlash look at the entrance that that they had where it was very very small and there was very limited led screens but there was enough you know that visual that we saw of, it, of them walking out and it was pretty large right there beside them and then the visual of them and the, you know with that front view where you saw a smaller one to the right it looked good you know it was the stage that they had last week on smackdown it doesn't have to be so massive is pretty much what i'm trying to say like we don't need led turn or barricades we don't need led ring posts you know what i'm trying to say like eventually they're going to put ads i'm just going to be honest with you guys eventually it's going to happen they're going to put sponsorships and you know company logos in the ring and all over the, uh, you know, the uh, the turnbuckles or whatever. I mean, it's what other businesses do. Look at any any NBA court or a UFC ring. You know, octagon is is the proper proper term for that. But either way, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like sponsorships are just part of sports, and it's just. I mean, look, I mean, WWE was just purchased pretty much by the same people who owned UFC, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like. I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but just prepare for things like that to happen. But it has nothing to do really with the LED situation. But that's just kind of my personal opinion. Random rant. Like, I just wish they would go back a little bit old school. You know, focus a little bit more on the the actual wrestling. And hey, who knows? Maybe bring, bring back the damn blue ropes. Put the red ropes on Raw. If you want this brand split to be legit, you need the ropes. I'm telling you, you think it's small, but if it was small, I wouldn't be harping on it. For how many months, however many months I've been talking about this, we have to get the blue ropes back on SmackDown. They use them on NXT. That's why I feel like it's just a slap in the face. Like, you're using them on a completely different brand that you could be using those same ropes on uh, on SmackDown. But nonetheless, we're going to go ahead and move on here to something else that happened here in the show, which is Adam Pierce. He tells Grayson Waller that uh, the Grayson Waller effect will be official on SmackDown, and I actually missed this segment. Shout out to the Handy Dandy Discord, Detroit Kyle and DJ Kuzmo, to be specific. They came in clutch by filling me in on what happened in that segment. So, yeah, I'm not very familiar with Grayson Waller, you know, other than knowing that he's a heel. He's very arrogant, uh, I guess, cut from a similar cloth as MJF, and I don't want to, you know, say he's on the same level as MJF. We all know that's not what I'm saying here, but pretty much... Just that same style of like, I'm way better than you type of type of in-your-face hill. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he um debuts and you know, how he ends up having a, a run here on SmackDown, what it ends up turning out like. And speaking of a run here beginning on SmackDown, Cameron Grimes has a match against Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin does run his mouth a little bit before the match. He says, "Hey everybody, this is the last draft pick of SmackDown. Uh, Here in about two minutes, he's going to be laying on his back, and I'm going to beat him. And he's going to have to run back to NXT." They ring the bell. I shoo! I kid you not. Cameron Grimes beats him in two seconds. I mean, well, three second pin, but two seconds later, he's on the bottom of the. I mean, he's laying on his back on the mat. Cameron Grimes is pinning him because of the cave in, which was beautiful. It's like a coup de gras without going to the top rope. You got. I mean, NXT fans probably know very, very well his move set, and they're very familiar with what he does. I'm not too familiar with Cameron Grimes, especially lately. He had a completely different gimmick the last time I was really exposed to him. But seeing that move and obviously his new look, I'm gonna say, hey, I'm, I'm bought in. Let's see what he can do here on the brand. I'm more than willing to, uh, to give opportunities to young talent, young promising talent here on SmackDown, and I, I, I'm. It's one of the reasons I should say. That I really love the uh, the draft and bringing up NXT talent specifically. Like, that's one thing I will say going forward. If, if I don't know how they're going to do this iteration of the brand split and the quote unquote draft, where you know where they shake things up. But I hope they don't just start from scratch and throw everybody in the same bucket. Everybody's eligible just for the sake of surprise and excitement to draw ratings. We don't really need that. I think the the brand split itself is worth them kind of taking their foot on the gas on the qu- on quote-unquote shaking things up whereas you can use the old school lottery approach we can get another Adam Pierce some type of authority figure not running the show but basically somebody there who's making things official we can get one on each show show sorry and it kind of just makes it um makes it feel more exclusive if that makes sense it makes each brand feel like it has their own General manager, Eric Bischoff, Teddy Long type role, if, if you will. I guess it's just, you know I'm all for the brand split. You know you know I'm all for the structure being as strong as it could possibly be. So let's go back to each of them having one general manager who's going to be making selections out of a draft lottery. Like You can put all of the names who are on SmackDown that just got drafted to SmackDown a year from now, put all their names in, in one little spinny wheel thing. Same thing for Raw. Put all their superstars in there. And on one night only, don't stretch it out for multiple weeks to try to make it, you know, you know, get I guess milk it and try to get more money out of the thing or whatever the hell you do. <clears throat> Excuse me, more ratings, whatever. I think if you made it a one night event and you had this lottery style draft that I, I feel like it would, you know, it would keep the brands exclusive. And it really would make some superstars be entrenched and pretty much synonymous with certain brands like, you know, in eras past. But I digress. Uh, We'll get back to some of the things that happened here on SmackDown. And boy, do we got a big one to talk about right here. The bloodline come to the ring, including for the first time since WrestleMania 39, Roman Reigns. Roman says that there is really only one royal family in WWE, despite there being a lot of talk of some others here lately. There's really only one. Let's not kid ourselves. He points out that all four Bloodline members main evented WrestleMania on both nights, and nobody um, else is ever going to do that. Like, no other family. It's never going to be done again, pretty much, and he does have a point there. He does acknowledge that Every now and then in the bloodline, whenever you're in a group like this, somebody has to step up. And here lately, it's been Solo that steps up. He says that Solo's been, you know, pretty much thrown to the wolves. He got thrown into the deep end and you can either sink or you can swim. And we all know that Solo swims like a shark. He also says that the bloodline has a problem, but it's not Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. The problem is the Usos. He finally brings up them losing their main event match at WrestleMania, then calls them out for losing the match they dedicated to him at Backlash. He actually roasts them for that. He claims that they actually disrespected other members in their family who were tag team wrestlers, because Roman's not a tag team wrestler. He makes that very clear, but pretty much he's saying that there are other tag teams who are in their family that they could have dedicated that match to, and he just calls them out for doing that. And he says that they misrepresented him and their family, demands that they apologize. And Jimmy's kind of, you know, smirking, laughing, trying to downplay the situation a little bit. And Roman actually gets pretty mad. And he gets furious at Jimmy laughing and not taking him serious. And then he shoves him. And that's pretty much where, you know, things escalate really quickly. Jay actually steps in. They muted what, what he said on my broadcast. I don't know if you guys heard it. So, I don't know what the hell Jay said, but you know, he screamed something in the microphone and it was muted on my TV. But immediately after that, uh, I guess Jay said that the Undisputed Tag Team Championships will be coming back to the bloodline. And right there, Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, they both agree with him, but not for the reasons that you think. Roman Reigns actually tells Paul Heyman to explain, and a night of champions. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will defend their titles against Solo, Sokoa, and Roman Reigns. And then Roman actually shouts out the Wild Samoans. Uh, Afa and Sika, I believe, are are their names. And right there, he shouts out the, the best tag team in their family. And that was a direct shot at his cousins. And this right here, I will say, in terms of the bloodline, which has been pretty damn stale, Roman Reigns hasn't been on TV since WrestleMania. So let's get that out of the way. The Usos, if they're not dealing with Sami Zayn and getting humiliated, what the hell are we seeing them do? I'm sure even Uso fans like my buddy John Carrasco are kind of being a little bit like, what the hell? This is feeling a little bit stale. What are we doing here? This was the best segment since probably the Royal Rumble or leading up to WrestleMania of the Bloodline. I'm being dead serious. Just in terms of me and my interest, I really love the seriousness between Jimmy and Roman here. I love just, you felt that, you don't want to say animosity, but you felt that that rage you know like the between roman and him like you, you felt it building up especially after the shove you saw that that really probably pissed jimmy off you know was getting actually shoved like that but i don't know here this segment just really um it did it for me i guess is, is what i'm gonna say about that but i will say i'm pretty sure that they're go- i mean i want to say that the usos are going to interfere and probably cost roman and solo this tag team championship match I saw somewhere on Twitter that it's on the 1,000-day mark, that this is on Roman's 1,000-day reign as champion. That's when this pay-per-view takes place. I could be wrong. Uh, Like I said, I heard that on the internet. You can't believe everything you hear on the internet. But I do believe that somewhere along the lines, I did hear that. So I may be wrong in thinking that, but I don't know. Something tells me that Roman and Solo are going to win here. Like, Who's going to lose? Are you going to have him pin Solo? I mean, I guess it wouldn't necessarily end his... His hot streak, he's still Roman's right-hand man. We still view him as a pretty deadly guy and pretty dangerous. So I guess there is there is a way that you can take where you can protect everybody and have the Usos interfere or something like that. And I expect that to be the route that they take. But you really never know, to be completely honest. So it is going to be interesting at the pay-per-view. And that's why I think this one is really, really shaping up to be a pretty good one. And Backlash is pretty good too. So I do like that they're, they're coming out strong after WrestleMania with back-to-back pretty good pay-per-views. But let's see here. Moving on, uh, we get a damage control backstage segment. Really just a little bit of a tease for a possible turn down the line for EO Sky. I will say that's uh, something to look out for. Just a little seed. I will say they're starting to plant something there. And I'm, I'm on it. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. I'm sure people are on this too. I'm, this, I'm not, you know, breaking news here. I'm just saying for myself, that's whenever I saw And I was like, okay, there's the seed. Like Bailey Coster, the match at Backlash. We've seen that happen with teams before, but now they're kind of going forward forward with this, so it was noteworthy to me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Up next, we get the tag team match between Damage Control versus, obviously, Liv and Raquel for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Raquel does win this after an unsuccessful interference attempt by Sky. like we said, a little bit of the same as Backlash, but the roles were reversed. Not quite the same, but still, this was a little bit of. There's some dysfunction in the group, and it does, and it does look like they, um, they are going forward with the split. I'm, I'm pretty happy to say the least. Pretty deadly. They have a backstage interaction with the brawling brutes that led to a match between the two being announced for next week's SmackDown. So I'll get a better idea about them next week. I am not very familiar with them at all. I don't believe I've seen them have a match at all. And this was one of my, you know, one of the most picks I was down on. So I could be wrong here. But their gimmick really is not for me. I don't know if it's long term, if it's going to, you know, last a while. But nonetheless, um, I'll give them a fair shot. You know, we'll see how they do against the Brawling Brutes. I kind of came in. I had to run downstairs during this segment. I wasn't able to pause the show. So I came in at the tail end of this and I saw their interaction and then the match being announced next week. So I will be able to check back in with you guys next week and see exactly what happened there. Um, Up next, we get a Bianca Belair championship celebration in her hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. At that, her family's sitting there at ringside, at front row, like they typically do for, you know, celebrations like this. And I will say, since when have they done championship celebrations for someone who's had their championship for... Like over a year now, you know what I'm saying? Like, had somebody won that championship from Bianca at WrestleMania, then yeah, I could understand if it was their first time have a championship celebration. You know that makes sense. I saw didn't they have it for Randy Orton whenever he won the World Heavyweight Championship way back in the day? So I mean, it's not a complete rarity, but I will say it was a little bit strange that um, that they had this tonight. But I guess I mean, hey, they were in their hometown, so maybe that's why. But still, I just thought it was a little bit weird and. A little bit overdue if they're going to do this. But after only being in the ring for a matter of seconds, Bianca Belair that is, we hear Oscar's music hit and she comes out. And it's pretty obvious immediately once you see her face that she has the mist in her mouth. Like she is puffing out her cheeks. Like you could just immediately tell she has the mist in her mouth. This is going to happen very, very soon most likely. And it does. There's no really words being spoken. She puts her hand out, try to shake her hand. Bianca falls for it for whatever reason gets missed in the face. Yeah, this is kind of this seemed like something that could have happened on Raw. Both of these women were on Raw before this draft, I believe, and this seemed like I felt like I was watching Monday Night Raw. So I do want to see this kind of take a different turn. If this is who you're going to have feud with Bianca because I don't know, it just seems like more of the same, and I was very much disappointed with this uh segment as a whole. Let's see up next though, we get the main event in the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament, the semifinals between AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley. Honestly, I felt like this match deserved a little bit more in terms of the attention that I gave it or the belief that I had because I was so sold on Edge and us having Edge versus Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. God, that would have been so awesome. And I'm not not by any means crapping on Edge versus AJ Styles because AJ Styles does win this match. But because of my interest in seeing edge versus versus seth i was almost out on either outcome here and you know before it even started or i didn't have a a side one way or the other i would have been cool with lashley winning and i would have been cool with aj styles winning i do believe we'll get a better match with seth rollins versus aj styles but uh like i said bobby lashley got busted open you know in in that first match that he had earlier tonight he got busted open again and man this looked rough it looked like a a halloween Costume, or I guess, you know, makeup tutorial, whatever, you know, you see those Instagram pages or whatever, where they do the Halloween makeup. Not sure if you do, but I've seen several of those and it looks so real. You know, it looks like somebody has half of their face coming off and Bobby Lashley just looked like he got like a, you know, those old school cigarette car lighters or yeah, pretty much. That's, that's, that sounded weird coming out. Cigarette car lighters, But you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you push it in, and you pull it out, and it comes out, and it's red hot. Like, literally, you could just see it red hot right there, and you put it down. I mean, I never did this, but I've seen people do it, obviously. I was, like, seven years old whenever these were actually still relevant on cars. But, you know, um, it looked like one of those lighters was put on Bobby Lashley's head. Like, it was just absolutely crazy. He he bled a lot tonight, and that's that's a lot of blood on WWE TV in just one week, and hey— I'm here for it. I'm not saying let's, you know, beat the hell out of each other with still chairs. But if we get some color, man, it adds some reality to it. Like it does make it feel more real. I love that. And I absolutely am I'm all for more blood in WWE. You know, sue me. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. That's just kind of how I feel about that. And I'm not saying that your opinion is wrong by any means. I'm just saying that that's just how I feel about that. And I, I really do enjoy a nice brutal match that ends with a little bit of color. You know, that's just, Type of wrestling I grew up on. But AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins, man. This is a little bit of brand versus brand. I said it at the beginning of the show when I touched on Seth Rollins. Pause. That sounded a little bit weird. Uh, Whenever I talked about Seth Rollins and how I believe he is worthy of being the World Heavyweight Champion, I still feel the same. I think Seth Rollins deserves to beat AJ Styles. But I will say, man... AJ wouldn't be a bad World Heavyweight Champion either. I would hate to lose him to Raw, though. If we lost AJ Styles and he went over there and eventually just lost that title to Seth still and we just kept him over on Raw, I'd be so pissed. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But I do believe Seth Rollins is going to win this um, going to win this tournament, eventually win that World Heavyweight Championship, and he'll have a nice lengthy run with it on Monday Night Raw. And boy, I am excited for that. But that does do it for me here on the SmackDown Review. I do want to thank you guys for joining me here. I'm not even sure what number this is to be exact. I'll figure out whenever I finish this up. I'll go look. But either way, I'm, I'm in the 130s here since I've been doing the SmackDown Review. It's been a long time since I've done it this style. We've done it live for so long. Done it with John for so long now that it's been a long time since I've done this format. It felt a little bit weird even being on my old school laptop. Because for the longest time, I switched to uh, an actual iMac computer. So being on my MacBook here... Feels a little bit old school, a little bit nostalgic. I will say, it's not my old blue Yeti microphone. No, that's that's a blast from the past. There, we got these nice Shure microphones in now, but still, I was a uh, you know a little bit of a blast from the past. Made me feel like my old school podcasting days. Now, typically, I'll be honest. If this was an old school podcast, I would probably barely be starting right now. From you know having to rewind so much, take so many notes, actually handwritten notes for the show. Boy, I'm telling you, those early years were early months I should say pretty much the better part of like a a whole year maybe a little bit more before I actually got my groove down because it does take time I mean any podcasters out there who are doing this they do probably know what I mean you know it does take a little bit of time to get in your rhythm and to get your uh, your comfort level up, but I do believe I'm there. I'm not a, the most polished podcaster by any means. You'll never hear me say that. That's not what I'm doing this for—is to be the best by any means. You know, I just want to you know communicate with you guys. I want to talk to you guys. I like to interact with you guys and feel like you know we're kind of in this wrestling year together. You know, as the years go on and as the months go, and we get through these wrestling calendar years, like you creep on SummerSlam, you creep to Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Once you get to WrestleMania, like, we go through all these seasons together. We truly are a wrestling community here, especially at the WWE Podcast. You know, there's there's wrestling Twitter out there. And there's also, you know, the IWC, the Internet Wrestling Community, which does get a bad rap. But there's the WWE Podcast Community, which I've been a part of for several years now, going on like five or six years, going on like, what, three or four here as a co-host. I don't really know exactly the number, but either way, I love this little uh, this little group that we got, you know, the Discord chat, always a good place to, to spend your pay-per-views, always a good time to, you know, chat up with all the other fans, feels great, you know, it's great to obviously have people that you could talk about wrestling with, because there was a time way back in the day where, I mean, you really didn't get a chance to talk, especially in the moment, you know, you had to talk to them at school the next day, oh, did you see what happened on Raw last night, that was crazy, huh? It's really not like that anymore. You can communicate on them, you know, instantly. You can, as soon as something happens on, on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, you can get on Twitter, hit refresh. And if you follow enough wrestling accounts, you'll you'll see something. You'll see some some action going on there. But nonetheless, guys, thank you so much for joining me here. Have a damn good weekend. Happy Mother's Day to any mothers out there who may be listening to this podcast. Um, if you are, you know, planning on doing something with your mother, that's definitely good on you. If this is a holiday that's a little bit hard on you for whatever reason, whether, you know, just... You don't have that relationship, or you know whatever reason. You know I'm not going to get into any uh, you know scenarios there, but you know what I mean because you know the holidays aren't the same for everybody. You know Christmas isn't all jolly for everybody. Some people that's one of the hardest times of the year because of their family situation. Same thing for Mother's Day. You know I, I know firsthand that there are some people that dread this day every year because of all the social media posts. And all of the interaction that they see. And that's not a bad thing. You know, we're not saying don't do that. I'm just saying that be mindful of some people that this isn't just uh, a joyous day for, uh, for all of your neighbors out there. But if you are a mother, happy Mother's Day. Definitely celebrate it if it's something that you do enjoy. If not, just have a damn good weekend. Celtics play the Sixers, I believe, on Sunday, game seven. You already know where I'm siding here, baby bleed green. Let's go Celtics. Get the win here. But nonetheless, guys, have a damn good weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.